This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. We're here. Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. So this week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Stephen Baker of the NPD Group, and I'll have lots to say about smartphone sales, TV sales, and such things. A little bit later, we'll hear from Derek Kessler. He's managing editor of Mobile Nations, And we'll be talking to him about, obviously, mobile gear, CES, and more on the Tech Night Out Live. So first up, we have Stephen Baker. Happy holidays, Stephen. Same to you, Gene. Same to everybody listening. So let's start Foursquare into 4K TV. Now, it seems to me that everywhere I look, you can get 4K TVs, and some are pretty inexpensive. Is this the year they came into their own? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the year has been building to this kind of denouement here in fourth quarter where we've just seen an explosion of interest in 50, 55-inch, especially 4K TVs. 60 and above was already, even before the holiday, was pretty focused on 4K but we've seen an awful lot more in those 50 and 55-inch segments than we'd seen in the past. And that's clearly part of, you know, democratizing technology, getting it much more available to a um, much broader audience of people who can start to afford those kind of numbers. We've got a long way to go, I would say, as well. You know, we're not even at half the volume in 50-inch for 4K. There's a lot of room to grow 4K markets uh, in 2017. Now, the key here is you really want the largest screen TV to see the value of 4K, because if you buy like a 40-inch set, unless you're really close to it, it's not going to show up that advantage. Yes, that's true. But at some point, most of the production and the interest level from consumers are going to be around, you know, wanting that 4K UHD kind of buzzword. Uh, That clearly won't be 2017, but maybe 2018 or 2019, where the cost differentials get to the point where having a 1080p set in most cases doesn't make a lot of sense, and you might as well just go straight to 4K. I mean, we already see 4K in PC screens and other smaller screens. So there's certainly good reasons as to maybe why you would want it there. But below 50 is going to be a a lot longer process. But I think what we'll see in 2017 is a lot of growth in that 50 and 55 inch ranges. Now, another factor that can make a 4K TV look a lot different is HDR. Right. And there are two different formats. There's a Dolby format and another format, and not all sets have both. Right. 
some of that will get sorted out in 2017. I'm not sure that it is as big a deal as Blu-ray versus HD DVD kind of issue. A big chunk of it is more about software than it is necessarily about hardware. So that's not a reason to or not to buy a specific set. But I will say, while we've seen a lot of growth in HDR-enabled sets in 2016, that's very much at the high end. And even in 2017, I think the big chunk of HDR-enabled sets will be at the high end. And if you haven't seen you know, the difference, it is very big difference in terms of the color and, and the contrast and things in, in on your TV. You know, if you can afford it, it is worth worth every penny. Now, I was looking at prices over at Best Buy as we were talking. And now, of course, a lot of things are on sale. So this past week, which is the last week of the year, I saw a 50-inch Vizio. I guess it's a D-class. No, it's an E-class, 50-inch set. On sale for three ninety nine ninety nine. Now the E class does not have HDR. That's the M class right. and above. And you need to look at the specs for that. But just to point out, they're really getting inexpensive and relatively affordable. But here's the thing I think that bothers me about 4K is the dearth of content. And obviously, as more people have the sets, that's going to change. But what right. about the 4K Blu-ray, the Ultra HD Blu-ray, the only player I've seen is a Samsung. Are there others? I believe Philips or Panasonic, if they haven't introduced theirs, it will be. We'll see a lot more of them in 2017. There aren't a lot of discs for 4K either for, for Ultra HD Blu-ray. So all that stuff will come in at the same uh, period in time. Samsung just announced their new uh, 4K player for next year. I'm a hardware guy. I think content is almost always a red herring. The content will come, but there are clear advantages to buying into 4K now, and those are pretty pretty easily uh, demonstrated in terms of things like upscaling and just, just better processing around the color. Um, and then finally, I think the real content issue is not shiny disks, but zeros and ones, right? And how do you get streams from Amazon Video or Netflix or Hulu off your router and into your television? And, you know, that's been one of the more interesting areas the last few months is the real growth in both AC routers and mesh networks for home and the willingness of consumers to pay two, three, four X what they were paying just a couple of years ago for a router to be able to set these kind of networks up because they know it's not just the issues of how many devices I have on the network. It's not just, you know, being able to get a great signal throughout your house. There's throughput issues that 4K is going to exacerbate and without better quality Wi-Fi without better QoS, you're not going to be able to get the best out of that that stream. And, uh, you know, we're seeing the ecosystem grow, not just focused on the TV, but all the other things that have to get the content to the TV. Now, with 4K streaming, you need at least, what, 20 megabits 
Yeah, 20, 25, something like that. And if you have a lot of action on there, like the kids are looking at a Netflix video on their iPads or something, you want 50 or 60, really. Uh, you you want as much, uh, you know, um, you, you can never be too thin and you can never have too much bandwidth, right? So um, I think I think those are probably pretty good rules of thumb. As much bandwidth as you can get, it's over time is probably um, not going to be a bad thing because the content and the usage is going to expand to fill fill up that bandwidth pretty quick. Now, just a few quick questions about 4K, and that is the content. What about the satellite providers? And we have only a minute left for this segment, so we'll go into the next segment. What about the satellite providers? Obviously, they, when they commit to doing a 4K channel, it uses a lot more bandwidth, so that means it l- limits how many channels they can offer on a satellite. Do they wait till they have more satellites up, or are they experimenting with it now? Um, you know, I haven't heard of that as being an issue, it, but it strikes me as one of those issues like, um, if you remember a few years ago, there always used to be questions about uh, cable modems. There was only so much bandwidth, and if too many people had a, um, were using cable for their Internet, then that would kind of diffuse the bandwidth. Uh, there's a lot of sophisticated things you can do now, and um I think that it, that's not as big an issue. And clearly, you know, the satellite guys are are um, evolving away from just being a satellite, whether it's DirecTV Now or Sling. Um, they're looking at those alternative ways to get content to the customer. We've got more to come with Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? 
See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Bend Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. This is Ben Gordon, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, Power Swabs is the answer. In five minutes, you'll see two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. There's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Power Swabs, call 1-800-290-8480. Your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free. 1-800-290-8480. That's 1-800-290-8480. Is is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and negative articles can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? ReputationDefender.com can help protect your good name. Get a free consultation now. Call 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation analysis from ReputationDefender.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com today. Is there a stock market bubble in the making? You need an early warning system for your investments because you work too hard to be surprised by your money. Now, guarding your wealth has never been easier. Introducing WealthGuard from OnTheMarkMoney.com, an early warning system that tracks all your accounts. WealthGuard lets you know in advance if your accounts are dropping. It works for all accounts, whether you work with us or not. Get WealthGuard today, 100% free. Go to OnTheMarkMoney.com. That's OnTheMarkMoney.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We'll get back to 4K and 4K content in a moment with Stephen Baker. I just want to tell you that the absolute best way to support the Tech Night Owl Live is for you to subscribe to Tech Night Owl Plus. We give you a commercial-free version of this show and better quality audio. And we've added a weekly package now. So it's as cheap as $1.49 per week or $4.99 a month. Obviously, the longer period subscriptions you save. But it's half the price or a third the price of the... Starbucks, $1.49 a week. How about that? Plus.technightout.com. So let's talk about content. Now, I have been reading what Dish Network was supposed to come out with a 4K DVR. I don't know if they have yet. Does DirecTV have it? And what about the cable companies? The Time Warner Cable or whoever they are now. 
or any of these companies like Cox and Comcast, I can't keep up with the mergers anymore. Are they pushing that content yet, or is it still a little bit of ways from now? It's still a little bit away. There's some content available. You have to look around for it. But it will be there. Uh, you know, I think all the the ISPs or the providers, you know, they want to satisfy their customers. And clearly this year when we're going to sell, you know, 5 million plus 4K TVs this year, or even more than that, probably closer, close to 10, they want those customers to be happy and to get best picture and the best product that they can give them. You know, uh, it's fun for us to talk about, but for all the other things, I'm pretty confident that that kind of content will be available pretty pretty quickly over the next next year or so. Well, it's also like HD content in the years where we were navigating towards HD. It took a while to get a reasonable right. and, amount. And we, you know, again, it's fun to talk about, but bottom line in history says that those kind of companies do not aren't going to want to skimp on getting you the the quality of the content that you want. You may have to pay a little more for it, but it's going to be available. Uh, nobody wants to be showing 720p content in a 4K world, right? The pace of technology kind of forces everybody to, to stay current, even if there's some kind of cost to doing that. And I think the, the negative side of that cost is a lot scarier to those guys than the incremental cost of providing it and then figuring out a way to monetize it later on. As we've mentioned in the past, Stephen Baker's kind of a go-to guy for information about the technology industry, particularly hardware. And he was, in fact, quoted by the Wall Street Journal. So, you know, when they want the expert, they go to Stephen. So let's talk about smartphone sales. Now, of course, we had the debacle with the Samsung Galaxy Note 7 and the exploding batteries. Now, in retrospect here, do you think Samsung could have handled it better? Because it doesn't look like they apologized for anything until towards the end of the situation and the process. You know, in hindsight, I think I can find almost any one of these situations that probably could have been handled better. I don't think they necessarily handled it badly. I think they handled it like a big company is going to, which is at first to not necessarily believe that there's a problem and then to want to spend some time figuring out why there's a problem and where it is. And it's an argument in my mind for, you know, the government and the regulations that kind of force companies to turn quickly from gazing at their belly buttons to figure out what's wrong, to actually get out there and take care of the customers. And I think at the end of the process, they did a pretty good job of taking care of their customers. And it's reflected in the fact that, you know, they really haven't had any sales issues. There's been a lot of surveys done. We've done them. Others have that have said there's been very little blowback to their brand or people's willingness to buy their phones or any of their other products. You know, consumers are pretty tolerant when they realize that, you know, the company is going to try to make things right. And once they get their arms around it, they try to make things right. 
The question I have also is how many consumers, other than those who really follow tech news or who may have owned or know somebody who owns one of these smartphones, how many customers really even knew about it? Well, I think that's a great point. You know, while the Note 7 was a high-profile flagship phone, it certainly wasn't the premier flagship phone that Samsung had. It certainly was much more of a niche kind of product that only appealed to certain kinds of users. And um, the sales numbers uh, that were out there, apparently, you know, that they sold something around a million of them, you know, kind of reflect that. So uh, I tend to agree with you that there probably wasn't a huge outcry. But, you know, you travel and, and they keep talking about it and people keep hearing about it. And in the long term, it's not. It, it does start to leak out. But like I said, we we and pretty much any other research that I've seen has said that it really has not been a problem for their brand. There was a published report of a survey, and obviously you're not responsible for any surveys but your own, unless you contract with a company, claiming there were twice as many activations of Apple gear as Samsung. I don't know what area that covered first of all. And the second, activations, I would assume, would be smartphones and tablets? Uh, probably. Not a lot of tablets. I mean, you know, the tablet, tablets with LTE are not a huge uh, portion of the uh, market. Now, what I'll say is what I think, you know, was probably referred to in the article that I have. I haven't seen it yet in the journal, which is that seems like a normal percentage to me. I mean, uh, Apple tends to have about half the sales volume in the market. Samsung is second. They tend to have about half of Apple's sales volume, give or take a point or two now and then, depending on the month and the launch, etc. You know, I saw those numbers and I didn't see anything, again, that said to me that People were not buying Samsungs. They were switching more to iPhones. Uh, fact is, is that, uh, you know, in a market where in the phone business, half, at least in the U.S., half the people have an I, iOS device and half have an Android device, basically, um, you know, the amount of switching and things that are going to happen are mostly going to uh, change those percentages on the edges and you're not going to see some kind of huge shift all of a sudden. People are pretty wedded into one ecosystem or another for various reasons. They're not jumping back and forth that easily. We've got Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. We're looking into smartphone sales now. Of course, obviously, the final figures will probably come next month, Apple's figures and the other companies. This is the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. We use cell phones against our heads every day. But now, a landmark U.S. government study confirms increased health risks from exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The time to protect yourself is now. The solution is Defender Shield. Proudly made in the USA, Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation emitted from cell phones, tablets, and laptops. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. Use discount code DEFENDER for 10% off. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in EMF radiation protection. For P150, P150GA, P150NY, P150OK, P150TN, C250A, C250E, C250Q. Not available in all states. If New York or Colorado, call for a similar offer. What's the scariest thing about going to the dentist? Opening your mouth or opening your wallet? Because just a simple cleaning can cost $100, and things like root canals can cost you hundreds more. If you don't have dental insurance to help, call Physicians Mutual Insurance Company. 1-800-656-4686. This isn't a discount plan or preventive-only coverage. This is real dental insurance that helps pay for checkups right away. So you can call today and get your teeth cleaned tomorrow. Plus, it helps cover the more expensive procedures you might need down the road. Fillings, crowns, bridges, even costly dentures. There's no deductible and no annual maximum. Your acceptance is guaranteed for one of these insurance policies, even if you're retired. There are no networks, so you can choose any dentist you'd like. Call now for a free information kit with all the details. 1-800-656-4686. That's 1-800-656-4686. 1-800-656-4686. Will the government protect your family from Iran and North Korea's newest weapon, EMP? We buy guns to protect ourselves. Home, health, and car insurance for accidents. Maybe you also have food storage. But how would you keep your refrigerator running in a long-term EMP blackout? Using tested military designs, the Solark EMP-hardened solar generator protects and powers your critical appliances for years without burying items underground or wrapping them in aluminum foil. Unlike other preps, Solark is used every day to help offset your electric bill automatically. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to learn how easily expandable the system is. Solark is the most affordable and powerful solution on the market. The whole system even fits in the back of a pickup or SUV and can install in less than an hour. See for yourself why Solark beats other off-grid systems at PortableSolarLLC.com. Don't wait for the government. Go to PortableSolarLLC.com to learn why Solark is energy insurance for your family. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-615-7709. That's 800-615-7709. 800-615-7709. 
Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. Here on the Tech Night Out Live, we have Stephen Baker of the NPD Group sorting things out with smartphone sales. Now, the general perception of the iPhone 7 was that it wasn't a really huge upgrade compared to previous models. Now, other than the case looking very close to the previous model, I may tend not to agree with that. But regardless, do we think that Apple did well? Yes. I think that, you know, the days of just counting things in terms of numbers are probably over and we want to be a little more nuanced in a market where pretty much everybody has a smartphone and 95% of sales are smartphones and 90% of people have a smartphone subscription. Um, You know, I think the nuances are much more interesting and I think while the product may be the same, what we definitely have seen to date is a big shift in the sales mix and uh, larger iPhone 7S plots. I can, can never get all those, those names put together. The larger iPhone has captured a much, much bigger percentage of sales this time than it did last year or when it was released two years ago. And clearly, that's more money in Apple's pockets. It's more uh, profits. It changes the way people use the devices. This time, obviously, there was a big difference in the camera uh, in the bigger phone. Um, So I think subtly we're seeing a shift in how people are using their phones. And Apple is positioning itself very well with the five-and-a-half-inch phone to be right in the sweet spot as people use that phone more and more. And we see more customers interested in the larger phones versus the smaller phones. This is very interesting, too. I get the impression here that Apple didn't expect it to break down that way because the iPhone 7 Plus, the larger version of the phablet, was back-ordered until very recently. Yeah, I'm not sure how much of it is, and, you know, obviously we can't know whether they didn't predict it or uh, clearly there's a little more complication in actually building the bigger one versus the smaller one, again, given the, the difference in the camera, which is relatively different and complicated. Uh, you know, I think if you'd asked anybody a few months earlier, uh, we would have all, I think, said that the volumes were going to move, continue to move into the larger phones. Maybe the shift was a little faster this time. Again, I I suspect a big chunk of that swifter shift is related to the better quality camera on the larger phone. The only thing that bothers me about the larger phone, other than the price, of course, is it's just too large for my jeans. Forget about it. Uh, I can't, you know, the... Smaller one is just fits. Yeah, you know, um, we can agree to disagree here, uh, Gene. Uh, we're both getting older, and uh, speak for yourself. I, know I want. 
I want as big a phone as I can get. I haven't had any trouble fitting uh, the iPhones, a larger iPhone in my pockets. I carry and, and use a whole bunch of different phones, and I've never had an issue with that. And um, I would never, ever go back to a phone that's less than, you know, 5.1 or 5.2 now. To each his own. Like I said, I, I can't do it. I have trouble getting this phone out, the 4.7-inch version, so I don't know. It must, it must be those skinny jeans you wear, Jay. Well, I wear the same as I did when I was 18, actually slightly less. So maybe that's part of it right there. I don't know. We won't get into my weight. In any case here, do you think that the fact that the iPhone 7 didn't have a headphone jack impacted sales at all? Nope. Nope. Doesn't look like it. Um, you know, I think it, it um, bothers people and they would rather not. They would rather have what they had before, but it's probably not something that is going to tell, say to somebody, I want to switch to something else or I'm not going to upgrade or I'm not going to get something new. So, um, you know, over time it will become norm and we'll all get used to it, I suppose. Um, and you know, we'll just keep going on. The world is going wireless no matter where you are and how you're doing things, despite the 20 wires I'm looking at at my desk right now. Um, Eventually, the world will go much more wireless. And, you know, I think we all have to um, accept that. I think the biggest and the biggest piece is that, you know, they do a good job of making sure that the products connect and everything works right. Certainly on the AirPods, they've gotten great props for just how easy they are to connect the headphones to the phone at that's certainly, um, you know, a big deal for most people is trying to make sure that that those things are connected, that they stay connected, and that um, that's not one of the challenges. There's enough other challenges to using your phone. That shouldn't be one of them. What do you think the trends are in smartphones? It seems to me they're good enough and that just about any of the new features you see are mostly frills. You know, like they're talking possibly next year, we'll have an iPhone with a wraparound OLED display. So what? Well, so let me, let me semi-disagree with you. Uh, certainly the new camera on the iPhone 7 Plus is a huge difference maker for that product and is going to be something that is not the same old thing and does make things very different for a lot of people. Well, that um, I understand because okay. you have a better camera, you take better pictures. And of course you have that portrait feature in the iPhone seven plus, which I think yeah. is really cool. So I understand so, that, but a wraparound okay. display, who cares? Um, so let me, let me point out that um, more and more people use their phone as, a TV as a content consuming device, uh, as their primary computing device. And pursuant to what we talked about earlier about 4K, um, the number one 
feature on any device, whether it's a TV or a computer or a tablet or a phone, people want the best screen they can get for their money. That gives them the best colors, that looks the best, that's the brightest. Um, that is the number one feature that um, people you use, right? <laughs> because you're staring at it all the time. And I personally, while a wraparound screen doesn't necessarily make me excited, putting an OLED, a much better OLED, a bigger OLED on an iPhone, I think that's going to be a gigantic leap in terms of quality and readability and usability from what we get today. So I think there's still plenty of room to improve on the features that consumers use all the time. I want better wireless. I want it to connect better. Um, we can say those things aren't game-changing, you know, snap your fingers and everything is better, but I don't buy a new phone every year, and if the new phone this year is better than the one from two or three years ago, demonstrably better in some of those areas, that's a big deal, and that is a technological change that benefits me and makes me much happier when I use that device. I'm going to ask you in our next segment about battery life, which is always never, never enough. We've got Stephen Baker of the NPD Group, and I'm Gene Steinberg. That means you're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Attention citizens, this man has received national attention for accurately predicting every major financial trend, including the market crash of 2008. His name is Harry Dent, and in his newly released book, he is making even bigger and bolder predictions that have the potential to devastate the world economy and your personal wealth. You can get a free copy of Harry Dent's bestseller, The Sale of a Lifetime, containing never-before-published information by simply visiting www.saleofalifetime.com forward slash free book. Again, that's saleofalifetime.com forward slash free book. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203.
Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. Back pain doesn't take vacations. It never celebrates holidays. It's on the job 24-7 to keep your life exactly where it is, in limbo. But it doesn't have to be that way because Laser Spine Institute can help you take back your life from chronic neck and back pain. With a less than one-inch incision, our minimally invasive procedures have provided relief to over 60,000 patients with a 97% patient satisfaction rate. So get ready to stand tall and live the life you've imagined for yourself without pain. Are you or a loved one suffering from a bulging disc? herniated disc, spinal stenosis, pinched nerve, or degenerative disc disease? Call our spine care consultants now at 855-519-BACK. For a no-cost MRI review and to learn more, it's time to say goodbye to chronic neck and back pain. Call 855-519-BACK now to see if laser spine surgery is right for you. That's 855-519-BACK. What have you got to lose? Laser Spine Institute, the leader in minimally invasive spine surgery. We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish? GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS certified tested omega-3 fatty acids. EPA, DHA insist on IFOS omega-3 fatty acid certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So let's look at that. Battery life, always a big issue in mobile gear. And Apple offered somewhat beefier batteries for the iPhone 7. And my experience with an iPhone 7, the regular one, is that you don't have to charge it near as often. So we understand that. But that, that is little bits and pieces are using a bigger battery. Are there any developments in batteries that will really boost the life cycle here? You know, I'm not a chemist or, uh, you know, a total expert on batteries, but, you know, it's been a challenge. Batteries are... The hardest piece, I think, of the phone, both from a production standpoint, as we've seen with Samsung, but from a how do I squeeze more battery life out of the device perspective as well. And that's a challenge for a tablet, for a PC, for any device that you want unhooked for long periods of time. What I would say, though, is that I think that battery life, because it's relatively easy to measure and the reviewers and people tend to look at the things that they can measure very easily. I'm not sure battery life is as big a deal for the mainstream vast majority of consumers as people think it is. There are clearly issues as we start to do more video consumption 
on the device. But big chunks of those kind of activities tend to be done at home or in a place where there's a plug. And there usually aren't times when I, and I travel a lot, am away from a plug for hours and hours and hours and battery life gets to be a huge issue. I can plug it in in the car. I can plug it in on the airplane. Um, there are lots of places that I can get some power when I need it to, to be able to make sure that my device works. Again, I think for the mainstream consumer, most important is the screen and how the product looks and feels in their hand, the design. I think those are the things that a mainstream consumer looking for a premium device, those are the things they think about first. Battery life's great, but if I'm using it at home, all I got to do is reach down and pick up a plug and plug it in, and it's plugged in. I don't have to worry about it. Well, I work at home, so I don't worry about it. In any case, let's move on to other products. Battery-powered what about smartwatches? So we have the situation here where Pebble is basically liquidated and sold itself off to Fitbit, which won't continue the product line. So Pebble is dead. Does that mean we're seeing a contraction in the smartwatch market, or was it just an issue with Pebble? I think that we're, we're at that phase in the market where the early adopters have all bought Maybe there aren't quite as many early adopters in this category as maybe we all thought there might be, um, and that the use case still hasn't necessarily been made to more mainstream consumers. And once we get to that point, maybe we'll see a, a, an uptick again. But for now, uh, you know, there's only a small base of users and most of them have one, and they're not looking for something new right now. I think even many of those consumers are struggling with uh, value propositions of their, of their watch as well. Now, I don't know about the Apple Watch. There was a report from, I guess, IDC that sales were really down in the September quarter, and Tim Cook talks big about holiday quarter sales, of course, you can't necessarily take that to the bank because Apple doesn't release sales figures for the Apple Watch. What are you seeing in the channels? I think watches have been a challenge this, this holiday. We're not seeing an explosion of volume there. We haven't seen growth in the health and fitness tracking segments either. You know, like I said, I think we're at a point where We've gotten those products into a lot of people's hands. They've used them. Some of them are very enthusiastic about it, but an awful lot of people have said, eh, it's just there's something that's not right yet about it, whether that is, you know, an independent LTE connection, better software, better hardware. You know, I think we're everybody's working on finding that piece of the solution, and I, the category's not going away, so um, I think eventually we'll find a solution that uh, mainstreams smartwatches a little more completely than they have been at this point. I suspect it's probably not uh, a 2017 activity. 
Um, I'm pretty interested to see what uh, Google is going to be able to provide with their own developed Android Wear devices. Uh, clearly, Apple has gotten a lot of props for the new software on the watch as being much better, and they do seem to have kind of repositioned the watch a little bit more towards health and fitness and a little bit less towards fashion the way the original watch was. So there's some learning going on here, and uh, again, I think that's okay. Uh, This isn't probably even at its peak, not a one-to-one relationship to every smartphone that's out there, or even a one-to-two relationship, or a replacement for a smartphone. So, you know, at some level, the market is going to be self-limited to people who see certain values in that product versus what they would get in the smartphone. Personally, I think the thing that would do it for me, other than price, of course, for a smartwatch, is freeing itself of dependence on the smartphone. So, as you say, LTE. But that's going to require, what, smaller chips, less powerful in terms of battery life, something where the battery could hold on for a day or two with those chips. Even then, I think if Apple did it, they do it the same way they do with the iPad, which is you buy the version with the LTE, you buy it without. Sure. Uh, absolutely, that will happen. But, um, yeah, there's there's serious questions about what does doing that do to the battery life and due to the usability of the product. Um, again, I'm anxious to see what happens. Uh, like I said, I think we're still in the early stages of the category, but um, I think the optimism should be tempered with the recognition that um, this isn't as going to be as big as smartphones. It's probably not as big as a PC market. Um, it's going to be a relative niche market. Doesn't mean it's not big and profitable and interesting, but um, you know, I'd be surprised if it was, you know. 60 million or 80 million units a year in the U.S., which would mean at best it's half the size of the smartphone market. That's a big market. Let's Let's not change. Let's not kid ourselves. It's a big market. But that's probably the best it can do. And right now we're not even close to that. Just to let you know, our listeners know this, Stephen. My watch is a little calendar watch. That's a little. Stainless steel calendar watch from Walmart. I bought it probably a year and a half ago for $12.88. It's on second battery now. So perhaps by the time it needs a new battery, I'll take the $12.88 and buy a new one. I'm not ready for a smartwatch. Not that I'm disinterested in fitness. I work out six days a week. But I don't need the fitness tracker. I don't need the Fitbit. I have managed for years without those things, and I'll continue to manage it. And it's not just the cost of these things, because I've talked to a few people on the show, tech journalists, who have the love-hate relationship with the Apple Watch. They find they can just put it away, and it's not something they really miss. And that's a big problem for Apple or any company making these things. It's not the indispensable product. There's no killer app or purpose 
fitness can be satisfied with cheaper gear like a Fitbit. So that's something, I guess, that has to be worked on, worked on if this category is going to come into its own. But there you go, smartwatches. All right? We have Stephen Baker of the NPD Group, and when we get back a little bit later, we'll be exploring the CES prospects and the year in review for mobile gear with Derek Kessler, a new visitor to the show. He's managing editor of Mobile Nations. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Did you know your car can be hacked just like your computer or phone? Hackers can hijack the signal of your own key fob to burglarize your vehicle in seconds. The Black Hole Faraday Key Fob Bag is a signal and penetrable shield that stops these hacks in their tracks. Protect one of your most valuable assets. Go to HackProofBag.com. That's HackProofBag.com. And use promo code RADIO to get 20% off. Or call 805-222-4584. 805-222-4584. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Stephen Baker of the NPD Group is here. Stephen, do you get much in terms of hardware into things like self-driving cars? Not really. I tend to focus more on more personal, I guess, smaller electronics. Well, I would love to see that happen, of course, when I get older. When I get too old to drive, I'd love to see that happen. Anyway, moving on, let's talk about the personal computer space. Now, the Apple MacBook Pro has to be one of the most controversial products I've seen lately. Everyone has an opinion about that. Do you see any indications of how well it did during the holiday quarter yet? Uh, Yeah, we do. We do. It's done very, very well. 
both that and the um, the whole Mac line has had much much improved uh, results over the last four or five weeks compared to what we had seen earlier in the year and certainly last holiday, generating an awful lot of dollars. Uh, I think the long-term challenge as a computer, for me, remains the price points. I think we're going to need a little while to process what Apple is doing here, but I think, you know, there's been a lot of stories written about maybe that uh, Mac OS is being de-emphasized a little bit. And I think you kind of see that in these this MacBook Pro release. These are awfully expensive computers. And while there's clearly a market for $1,300, $1,500 and above products, it's not a big market. And Apple had been doing very well with their entry-level MacBook Airs at, and the MacBook Pro at $1,000 or so, $1,100. Those had done really well, again, considering they're relatively expensive compared to Windows devices. But going up to $1,500, $1,600 or more is a whole other layer of price and cost. And it just makes you wonder and think about Apple's longer-term positioning around the MacBook Pro, even the iMac and their whole Mac OS product lines, that those are going to be positioned for much higher consumers who are really willing to spend significant dollars and that over time, that mainstream kind of price point around $1,000, that mainstream for Apple at least, is not going to be occupied by a computer, but by a tablet, by a product like the iPad Pro that they can deliver that has a lot of capabilities, both as a consumption device and increasingly as a productivity device as well. Just to remind you of something, back in 2012, when Apple introduced the first MacBook Pros with Retina displays, they were priced very much in the same range as a new MacBook Pros with Touch Bar. Over time, the prices came down by a few hundred dollars. When Apple introduced the first 27-inch iMac with 5K Retina display, it came in at, what, $24.99, and now the prices have gone down to the same as the previous non-Retina display models. So it looks to me like if you buy it the first year or two, you're paying the tax for development or whatever, the new features, but that will come down. In saying that, I think Apple needs to find a way to get the basic 12-inch MacBook cheaper because that's clearly the entry level. The MacBook Air is on the way out. They've got to get it down to $999, do not you think? Yes, and I think that the difference highlight between now and the instances you cited is that in products that run Mac OS, in the, in, at those periods, there were viable, seemingly supported devices that were a lot cheaper. Now we're not really seeing that. If you don't want to spend that much money for a Mac OS product, you basically do have to buy an iPad Pro, an iOS product, um, which has a very different use case and, and is very different in terms of, I think, how you would use it. So, yeah. A high-end MacBook Pro with the touch bar is 
is not going to be twenty four ninety nine tricked out or whatever in two years. But if it's nineteen ninety nine, it's still pretty expensive, and it's hard to see that there'll be an awful lot of products available under fifteen hundred with a product line that looks like what Apple is providing right now. I suppose we'll see. Of course, Tim Cook is making big promises about desktops. But the real issue there is not the iMac, which I think is a great machine. I have one myself. It's the Mac Mini, the cheap one. Will Apple update it? What about the Mac Pro? I mean, even if it's not a large audience, it's a prestigious audience of content creators who want a computing workstation. But Apple hasn't touched it in three years. Have you heard anything about whether it's ever going to be updated? Uh, You know, I haven't. I think the interesting kind of clues to me is, you know, Apple is obviously doing and looking a lot more towards enterprise as being an area where they can make a difference and capture market share that they weren't able to uh, capture in the past. And, you know, at some point, the pressures of what enterprise is willing to pay for devices, for users, um, is going to have to be addressed by Apple. And whether that's with cheaper iMacs or cheaper MacBook Pros or a different kind of um, focus from the iPad Pro, uh, that that's likely to be a driver to get Apple to kind of rethink exactly what kind of hardware they're going to provide at some of those price points because, you know, it's hard to see a company with 30,000 employees spending $2,000 on a computer for every single one of those employees. So I think things are likely to change from some pressure from that enterprise business that is an area that they've talked about wanting to grow. Well, Apple apparently is doing very well in IBM, where I think the last figure I saw was like 90,000 Macs in IBM. If that's the case, they've got to do something and keep the price down or at least have one model that way. I agree with you. We do a lot of tracking in commercial and corporate channels. And, you know, the average Windows notebook in a commercial channel is while it's almost twice as expensive as a consumer product, that still makes it half as expensive as a MacBook Pro right now. So I think something will have to change in that segment for things to work out. Is there much evidence of enterprise pickup of Windows 10? The reason I say that is I go around to different businesses, doctors' offices, places that use computer networks, And I still see them running Windows 7. (laughs) I'm still using Windows XP, believe it or not. Windows 10, is that still a year or two off before it gets to critical mass in businesses? Uh, You know, the the momentum is picking up, I think. Uh, Some of it has to do, and some of it is waiting for better touch applications around office and other things because a big chunk of the devices are going to be touch touch focused uh, but we're, we're definitely hearing more and more all the time it's just you know you want to be optimistic but 
larger businesses especially seem to be taking a lot more time. And those smaller businesses, doctor's offices and things are always going to be, in, in my experience, for for those kind of things, probably pretty far behind. They're, the software and hardware that they're, they have is very specialized and, um, you know, runs on very specific um, pieces of software, and the cost of changing that stuff is pretty high for those smaller businesses, whereas, you know, in bigger businesses, um, they can absorb some of those costs better. Let's uh, stop there, and I have to break. We go on with this. You bet. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Good day, America. Are you tired of your butt cheeks being frozen? Tired of cold hands or cold feet? I'm tired of the cold. Well, there's a new kid on the block. It's Fortress Clothing. Fortress will keep you warm. Fortress does what no other clothing company has ever done. We keep you warm in the cold, even when wet. You heard that right, even when wet. No BS, no gimmicks. Work, play, sweat in the cold, and stay warm. So quit your complaining and go to FortressClothing.com. FortressClothing.com, enter coupon code AMERICA and get 20% off any item. Mittens, jackets, pants, balaclavas, or hot socks. FortressClothing.com, enter coupon code AMERICA. You're going to love being warm all winter long. FortressClothing.com. Paid not attorney spokesperson, Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? 
See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cowben Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So we have Stephen Baker of the MPD Group, and we're talking about business penetration. For Windows 10, making a point that, like in a doctor's office, a smaller office, they're using very specialized software to run that practice. Switching over, updating could be a pretty costly proposition. Yep. You know, so I, I think we'll start to see more adoption in 2017 and probably even more when we get into 2018. The problem... You know, it's it's not that no one's adopting. I think it's just that the the rate of change is slow, especially compared to maybe what the rate of change might have been 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And I think we all sometimes think about things in terms that aren't exactly current. So, you know, we're thinking about changeovers that maybe happened in 2000 that probably aren't particularly relevant to what's going on today. Well, we'll have to see. Are there still a decent amount of companies using Windows XP anymore? Not that I'm aware of. Um, You know, we can all hope not. Uh, You know, Windows 7 has been just such a great product and such a rock-solid product for so many people that I think it's hard to to switch off of something that's been been that successful. But, you know, I'll point out that as consumers buy more touchscreen, notebooks, tablets, phones, get used to using those, uh, it's a bigger issue for them to go to work and not have those kind of things available in their work environment. That creates pressure in the work environment for that work environment to look more like the personal environment in terms of usage. So, you know, I think we're getting pretty close to that point where there'll be a lot more pressure on the enterprise to develop applications and to switch out hardware so that it looks a lot more like what I'm using every single day. When it doesn't look like that, you know, the learning curve can be a a bit daunting, but Now we've kind of gone through the learning curve as consumers, and it's not quite as daunting in our work environment. 
Now, my personal opinion with the doctor's office is at the front office, we can see a traditional PC form factor. But for the physician and the physician's assistant, assuming the software is available, they could take an iPad and do it all and probably more effectively. Oh, probably. I'm not an expert on how doctor's offices work. I was just at a doctor's office this morning and, you know, they had a couple of great big screens in the room so we could look at my x-rays and, uh, she was clicking around with a mouse and uh, tapping on a keyboard. So I'm not sure a tablet would have been a considerably better experience in that environment than the the big screen PC that we had in there. Looking to trends in 2017 for tech gear, what are we expecting to see right now? I think we're, you know, we started the conversation around 4K, and I think that's a good place to start when you're thinking about 2017. I think we're going to start to see this shift in technology start to pick up momentum. I think the last couple of years have been around preparation and growth in kind of infrastructure, but more and more the great software and applications that people use are starting to evolve and the hardware is going to need to evolve with that. And consumers are willing to spend more money on getting the right hardware. And, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of technological tipping points, whether it's 4K, whether it's very thin, light, and more expensive PCs, whether it's VR and AR starting to come in its own, to its own smart home, also starting to see more substantial pickup than we've seen today. A lot of those technologies that have been just kind of buzzing around or just hitting the early adopter, uh, a lot of those are poised in 2017 to start to move up the bell curve and be a lot closer to mainstream. And that's what we're really looking at and looking forward to for 2017 is to see how fast or whether some of those technologies can evolve into a much more mainstream environment. And, you know, as an industry person, hopefully they can hold on to some of the value that they've been able to deliver to date. And it doesn't just become a race to the bottom on price around the technology. In saying that, when I see 4K sets for $400, I don't know. True. True. Absolutely. And, um, but, you know, if you want a 65-inch mainstream TV, uh, you still got to pay 1500 There's always going to be entry-level price points. But, you know, one of the more interesting things we've seen in the back half of 2016 has been some serious solidifying of product lines at more premium price points that consumers are willing to spend more to get specific features that they really do think have value. We talk, Again, we talked about home networks, where the average selling price on home network equipment has come up dramatically in the last 18 months because there's a value there. And people are willing to spend incrementally because they recognize the value. And I'm hopeful in 2017 that in the majority of cases, we'll be able to show people a value 
from the hardware and the technology and not just a value on price, although obviously price is always important too. Now, Apple's problems for 2017, I think, would begin and end with getting the products updated and keeping the prices down, right? Um, yeah, I think updating, uh, again, I'm not as concerned about pricing this year. Um, I think, you know, like every year and like we've seen for the past few years, uh, everything will revolve around what the next iPhone launch looks like. It is such a big percentage of the company's volume that that's, um, that is where they need to focus their attention and make sure that every year, even if it's not a home run, that they're hitting you know, singles and doubles every year on the iPhone. Be interested in seeing what kind of new features they can add. Again, I think it's at a point where PCs, Macs and PCs are now, where what you have is good enough that you can keep for a while. You don't have to rush out there and get the next great thing, but we'll have to see how that turns out. Don't want to make predictions myself. We just have to see what the sales figures show. Stephen Baker, please tell our listeners where they can find more about the things you do. Uh, NPD's uh, website is npd.com, and uh, my Twitter handle is NPDSteveBaker, and um, wish everybody a great New Year's. And the same to you, Stephen. Stephen Baker, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for watching. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. For years, you've looked for safe solutions to protect what you've worked so hard to build. How do you weather the next market correction with confidence? Now there's a way to conquer the technology hurdle and help protect your profits without buying an annuity in any market condition. Introducing WealthGuard from OnTheMarkMoney.com. WealthGuard lets you know in advance if your accounts are dropping, an early warning system that tracks all your accounts. Get WealthGuard today 100% free. Go to OnTheMarkMoney.com. That's OnTheMarkMoney.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. ParanormalDate.com. 
and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Frank Thomas. When I was playing ball, they called me the Big Hurt. But after I left the game, Mother Nature started putting a big hurt on me. I just couldn't stay in shape like I used to. Turns out, it wasn't my fault. Once you hit 40, your body has less free testosterone, and that can make it harder to get into shape. But luckily, I found out about Nugenics. Nugenics is a unique man-boosting formula powered by Testofen, a patented key ingredient clinically researched to help boost your free testosterone levels. Get a complimentary bottle now by texting PRIME11 to 42424. With Nugenics, you can feel stronger, leaner, with a lot more stamina and energy. And guys, she'll like the difference too. Nugenics is GNC's number one selling men's vitality product. Get a complimentary bottle now by texting PRIME11 to 42424. Nugenic samples are not available in stores. So again, text PRIME11 to 42424. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. So on this segment of the Tech Night Out Live, we're going to introduce a new friend of the show, Derek Kessler. He's managing editor for Mobile Nations. Derek, thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure to be here. How are you doing today? We're doing fine. We're suffering from the holidays. No, we're not. My one and only son is visiting us from Madrid, Spain for two weeks. So we get to spoil him. Excellent. Isn't that nice? But then yeah. he has to go home and it's like three planes and 15 or 20 hours because he has to wait between each flight. It's a oh, mess. I've, I've done the flights to uh, Barcelona every year for MWC, and it's, it's an odyssey getting there and back. Especially from where we are. I don't know where you're centered, but we're in Phoenix or near Phoenix, and so you have to take a flight from Phoenix somewhere. Now, the most direct and most expensive flight would take you from Phoenix to London and from London to Madrid. His flight was from Madrid to Frankfurt, Germany, from Frankfurt to San Francisco, from San Francisco to Phoenix. There you go. But as you see, it's going to be a lot of fun. What part of the country are you in? I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio, so I have to do that same hop, skip, and a jump to get anywhere, too. We have one flight to Paris every day, which is weird, but most of the time it's, it leaves like in the middle of the afternoon at a weird time, so it's hard to get where you need to get in a reasonable amount of time, so I end up having to connect through New York all the time to get anywhere. 
at least you're going roughly in the right direction if you're going to Europe. But if you yeah, go to Las Vegas, what do you do? Uh, I'm, I'm heading out there for CES uh, this next week, and I'll be connecting through Atlanta. Cincinnati's a big Delta hub, so almost everything I do, I go to Atlanta or LaGuardia or sometimes Detroit and connect their other hubs to get, get to where I need to go. Flying through Atlanta on the way back, but on the way home, I have a direct flight. It's just unfortunately a red eye. Well, you'll be too exhausted to work for a week, but that's how it goes. Let's move yeah. into the real thing here. Now, I'm going to ask you a few questions here. With regard to the Samsung Galaxy Note 7, which we know mm-hmm. had these exploding batteries, and it was recalled twice, and the fix didn't work, did Samsung ever figure out what happened? They may have. They haven't said publicly what they think it was. You know, they said with there was that the double recall that they did. First, it was after they found out, oh, more of these are blowing up than should be, because that happens with every phone. Every new iPhone comes out, and two weeks later, there's a story. Oh, my God, this iPhone caught on fire because somebody was charging it and left it under their pillow overnight, and it got too warm and burst into flames. There's always that acceptable level of risk with these things. They know that some of them are going to go bad, and that level was too high with Samsung. So they did the first recall, and they thought it was just for a specific manufacturer of batteries because they had two different suppliers. And they said, we're cutting a supplier out. We're going entirely with this other supplier, which, if I remember correctly, was actually Samsung batteries for the supplier that they were going to use for the second run. And then they kept exploding. So it wasn't the battery manufacturer. There have been a couple different theories floated around. The last one that I heard was that they machined the Galaxy Note 7 with such tight tolerances that the battery didn't have enough space inside to expand and swell from just normal usage. So without having any place to go, all that expansion ended up bursting the battery pack and causing fire inside a phone, which is never a good place for it. But uh, they haven't really said what the official cause was. I guess the effect of trying to pack as much battery life into one of these devices and you take a shortcut, you try to shoehorn the battery in there and they didn't allow enough room for the flex of the battery. Right, right. Samsung has a tendency to put a lot of battery in their devices because they're very high power. They've got these brilliant, very pixel-dense screens that demand a lot of battery. They've got these high-powered processors to drive all this stuff. And so that means that it needs a lot of battery to be able to keep up with an average day. I have a Galaxy S7 that I use as one of my primary phones, and I love it, and it's great. But even with this uh, relatively large battery that it has inside it, at the end of the day, it's like I'm reaching for a charger somewhere to give it a charge. Whereas uh, Apple puts a battery that's roughly 50 to 60% as much capacity in their phones and gets about as much battery left because they've done a lot of optimizations for things. Like they have, you know, they designed their own processors and it does exactly what they needed to do and nothing more. And then they put in the lower resolution screen and that usually means less battery. But Samsung goes the opposite route. So much technology and so much power. And in the case of the Note 7, that might have backfired. Now, the theory behind the Retina display that Apple uses is that you have a certain number of pixels Mm -hmm. beyond which you can't see any difference because it's below the threshold of visibility. So why add more pixels? Well, I thought that was I thought it was silly when we started seeing uh, beyond that threshold. The threshold is uh, 300 pixels per inch is what Apple calls it uh, for their Retina display and anything beyond that is you know not discernible and it is true that something like that is very difficult to see i have i have to wear glasses but once i have my glasses on corrected i've got 
2020-2010 vision. And, and even then, you know, I can look at it and it's like, hey, this is great. But then I put it right next to, say, when the first 1080p phones came out a couple of years ago. And I thought, oh, that's silly. And it's going to be fine for a screen of that size because they're bigger. But what's the sense? And then I put it next to my iPhone and went, oh, wow. The detail's finer. The lines are crisper. And the iPhone's still perfectly fine. But this is better. And, you know, Samsung has screens now. What they have essentially 2K screens. Whereas the iPhone is, say, the iPhone 7, standard 4.7-inch size, is roughly 1,400 pixels tall. This one is almost double that in the, like a Samsung Galaxy S7. And LG and other Android manufacturers are doing that as well. And they have gorgeous, sharp pictures that the iPhone can't compare to. Now, the only ones I compared it to were the earlier Samsung Galaxies. And mm -hmm. I thought the problem I saw with the Samsung is that the edges were exaggerated, that you weren't getting a natural sharpness, you were getting an exaggerated sharpness, but that's on devices we're not talking about because I haven't seen the ones you have. Let's sure. look at one interesting tidbit that came out of the interview in the previous segment with Stephen Baker of the NPD Group, the big mm -hmm. hardware analyst there. Now, you might have expected, or I might have expected, that during the holiday season, people would be a little leery of Samsung because of the problem with the Galaxy Note 7. And he said he didn't see any impact in sales from what they're getting. What have you heard? I've not heard any specific numbers. They tend not to really put out what exactly we sold this many phones and made this much money off of it. But that wouldn't surprise me. We have several sites. One of them is Android Central. We did a survey of people who had specifically bought the Galaxy Note 7 and asked, what's your opinion of Samsung now after all of this? And it was something like 85% of them said, I'm going to buy another Samsung phone. There's a lot of loyalty appearing amongst smartphone users. People will buy an Apple phone, and the next phone they buy is going to be an Apple phone, and the phone after that is going to be an Apple. Same thing happens with Samsung and, to a very strong extent, with LG. These phones and the companies are cultivating a following of people look forward to the next Galaxy phone because they want to get that one. Their Galaxy S5 is a little long in the tooth. It's time to upgrade. This phone served me well. I'm getting another Samsung. Samsung also had plenty of other options for users. You know, you, the Note 7, you're going to turn it in because you don't want to carry around a pocket bomb. They gave you your money back, and they're going to give you a Galaxy or S7 Edge instead. Roughly the same phone, just doesn't have a stylus. And hopefully no battery problem. So they're being forgiving yeah. is what you're saying. They assume, well, things happen, and the company fixed it, and that's it. They didn't say... Well, this is, indicates that Samsung products in general are defective. Now, right. I suspect we've, we've seen that plenty of times over history. Apple ran into that with the uh, first generation of the MacBook, the white clamshell laptop. They had battery problems with that. They're still in business, still selling plenty of high-end, expensive laptops because people want them. Uh, Ford ran into that with um, a couple of cars several years back, where the, you know, they had problems with gas tanks exploding if they got hit in the wrong way. Ford's still in business. Now, just to refresh your minds, one of those cars where the gas tanks exploded was the Pinto. Yes. And a part costing maybe a dollar or two would have prevented right. this from happening. But the guy in charge, Lee Iacocca, who later went to Chrysler, said, no, 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 too much we'll money. The, it's an acceptable risk. Right. Okay, we've got Derek Kessler joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. Thank 
you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. This is Ben Gordon, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, Power Swabs is the answer. In five minutes, you'll see two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. There's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Power Swabs, call 1-800-290-8480. Your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free. 1-800-290-8480. That's 1-800-290-8480. Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if you had no contract, no activation fees, no hidden costs, tracking, tracing, harvesting customer data, or draconian gimmicks? All on America's largest 4G LTE, GSM, and Sprint networks. Introducing PIX Wireless. Activate your Sprint, AT&T, or unlock GSM phones with PIX and choose from an arsenal of monthly plans or build your own. Starting at only $2.99 per month. Get connected now. Call or click 1-866-205-9513 or PIXWireless.com, spelled P-I-X-Wireless.com. Pick PIX and get connected today. All right, guys, we're ready for our Four Seasons sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room, weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons Now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-848-6333. That's 800-848-6333. 
Lifetime Grazed 100% grass-fed beef has the health benefits you seek. When compared to conventional beef, it offers good fats while virtually eliminating the bad. That's the result of cattle who never eat grain, ever. Rich in antioxidants, including vitamin E, C, beta-carotene, and CLA. No artificial hormones, antibiotics, or other drugs. For all our fresh, non-cooked products with only 100% grass-fed beef, go to MidasResources.com. Use voucher code GCN to get 30% off your order. MidasResources.com or find us on Facebook. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. So we continue on the Tech Night Isle live with the apparent revelation here that Samsung customers will still buy Samsung no matter what. I also suspect Derek Kessler that a lot of people just don't know. If you're not really yeah. well connected, you're not checking the tech information, it's not like it happened to Apple. If it happened right. to Apple, the headlines would be across the world. They'd be demanding Tim Cook's head. The U.S. Congress would be calling them in. How dare you build this defective product? Mm-hmm. Samsung this- is far enough removed. And I guess they have enough sway with the government in South Korea that there are no repercussions here. Now, there's also something to be said for the effect of having the word Apple in your headline. Yeah. For, for whatever reason, especially if there's a problem with an Apple device, like the iPhone 4, which had the whole antenna gate thing, and it was just this massive, massive media firestorm over, well, we're going to give you bumpers so that your skin doesn't bridge the antenna gaps. And don't hold it in that weirdly specific way, and you'll be fine. And the other thing Apple did, by the way, if you remember for a brief period of time, they presented videos, I think on YouTube, showing how a lot of other phones Mm -hmm. could also be induced to have the same problem if you held them in a certain way. The other thing is, if you recall with the iPhone 4S, they changed the antenna to more like a diversity antenna where the signal is bounced between different antennas and it's used that way to get the best signal. It's like your car radio. They use a diversity system with the antenna in the rear window. So they use the same thing. So even though the problem didn't exist, they fixed it. With the iPhone 6 Plus, they had issues there where some people said it bent in their back pocket. It is Mm -hmm. true that Consumer Reports and Square Trade tested it and determined that the strength was in acceptable limits. You know, a mid-pack among smartphones, average. But the following year, Apple uses 7,000 series aluminum. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they are very responsive to the media and what happens because they know that when the new iPhone comes out, it's going to be this big thing. Apple is not the largest manufacturer of phones. The iPhone is not the biggest phone out there as far as how many people are using it versus Android. Android is something, if I remember the last numbers, it was like 80% of phones are Android phones now. But Apple, for whatever reason, it might just be their ability to generate hype. They are the number one when it comes to the phones that people actually pay attention to. Uh, And so when something goes bad with them, it's huge headlines. It's huge news, even if it's just a minor thing that's gone wrong. I look at technology news through the window of being a technology journalist. I've spent the past several years writing about this stuff. So 
the Galaxy Note 7, oh my god, it's blowing up, and Samsung has to recall all of these, that was a huge story to me. But I know that plenty of people that I talked to outside of this didn't even know what was going on. If you didn't have a Samsung phone, especially if you didn't have a Note 7, you may not have noticed, or you may have just heard a single story about it and went, huh, that's weird. But without you know the nightly news making a big deal out of it, it didn't become this big thing. It's all about what will generate the most views on the website. It's things like Apple and Tesla that are going to really drive views when it comes to tech news. And remember here, the news is a profit center. Oh, it is. Yeah, It started it that is. way when Rune Arledge took over ABC News and merged that division with the sports division, an entertainment-based division. And they realized they could make money in the 70s and 80s. And look what happened. Let's just look at a couple of things before we go to CES briefly and look at the possibilities. What do you think the hot tickets were during the holiday season? I think connected home stuff is really starting to take off because it's, it's maturing to the point where the average person can get it and set it up and it's not confusing anymore. Like I got my sister a pair of Nest cams uh, and she was actually excited to get them. And she's not big on technology at all. And she has the new iPhone. Uh, but it was just because, hey, it's the new iPhone and my old one's old. I'll get the new iPhone. It's, it's okay. And it does everything that my old one did. But like she was actually excited to get these cameras because now she can set them up in her house and look at her dogs while she's at work. And this connected home stuff is finally reaching that level where it's easy to use and set up and understand why you would want it in a way that it wasn't even just last year. Now, looking at that, do you recall that internet hack that affected one of the DNS providers and took down oh, a lot yeah. of sites? Didn't re- they hack or take control of a number of webcams in doing that mischief? Yes. Yeah, That's uh, that was the first real broad attack on both the structure of the internet that took, you know, taking down a DNS server when, when that happened and I, I had somebody call me and say, hey, they're trying to get help with their computer because it's not working right because it can't get to these websites. I'm like, oh, everybody's having that right now. Explaining to them what a DNS server is and what it means and why this happened. People don't understand how the internet works behind scenes. And this was the first real attack of that scale that's both gone after like almost the backbone of the internet in a way. And at the same time, used this whole new class of devices that has just exploded in recent years. Uh, I saw a report a while back that, you know, there are 7.5 roughly billion people on the planet. And it said right now there are more connected devices on the internet than there are people. And in the next five years, we expect it to quadruple. I thought for a moment, who is using all these devices? And then I just looked around my house and thought about all the things that I have that are actually connected to the internet. I went, oh, yeah. And with the exception of my phones and my computer, I don't know what kind of security exists on any of these. I look at the same thing. Your TV set's connected to the internet. Your Mm -hmm. Blu-ray player is connected to the internet. Obviously, your video streamer, because it's getting stuff from the internet. Yeah. In a connected home, maybe your washing machine or refrigerator is connected to the internet. Not that I would live in a home like that. I kind of like the old-fashioned washing machine that works after 10 years. (laughs) Or doesn't self-destruct like a certain Samsung yeah, Samsung machine. had some problems with exploding stuff this year. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. I understand that. Of course, you see, in the case of webcam, mine is integrated into my 
Apple gear. So it's taking advantage mm-hmm. of Apple security. And maybe that's one of the reasons why they have this health capability. And of course, this home kit. Right. Apple is to have a central security repository. And of course, Google's trying to do something like that. But when you've got a bunch of independent products that may or may not have security for connectivity, what do you do to avoid a problem? Do you have to set passwords on everything? What? I always recommend setting a password on everything. And, uh, you know, it's, it's okay to use a password manager, like like one pass or end pass, as long as you have a nice secure password of your own that you know and can access all those. Uh, you always want unique passwords for anything. I always recommend using two-factor authentication. So you have a, a, a second code that's uniquely generated every 30 seconds or is sent to you via text message to log in. That way it's you know, a thing that you know your password, but if somebody's installed a key logger or they're tracking, they've managed to compromise your computer somehow, they can still get that password. But if you have a, that unique code that's sent to you or generated through an app, then they need your phone as well to be able to g- grant them access to your accounts and, in that case, access to your cameras and sensors around the house. I have Nest uh, smoke detectors and my house, the Nest Protect. Uh, I think, you know, if somebody were to really, if they wanted to, like, say, get me out of the house to do something, they could hack into that and figure out how to set off the alarm. I go, well, nothing's on, but maybe it's a maybe it's monoxide. And it's like, okay, I should get out of the house now. And there, it's this explosion of technology in the way that it's all connected and connected to the internet in the ways that you know the internet wasn't necessarily designed for but the internet is flexible enough that it can can accommodate all of this the security and the regulation has not done nearly enough to catch up with it and keep up with it and it's going to take a while for everything to catch up and in the meantime you know those of us that are going out and equipping our houses with all the smart stuff are living a little bit on the edge of that you know I may have smart light switches in my house, but if the internet goes down, are they still going to work? Am I going to be able to turn the lights on? Or are they going to be involved in the next big attack on something? Or be responsible for the next big attack on something? I don't know. I think for now, I like to just keep it simple and not buy those crazy devices because I don't want to give anyone control. Of course, you can also Mm -hmm. control the key fobs on your car. Right. We had a guest on just a couple of weeks ago who told us how to do that for $30. Oh, boy. We have Derek Kessler going to CES. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. 
It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Are you looking to become more self-sufficient? Then you need to have your own energy source. The Solark EMP hardened generator is automatic, maintenance-free, and reduces your monthly electric bill. You can also take it off-grid when you go camping. Contact PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875 today. Portable Solar LLC gives you everything you need to start using solar energy in less than one hour. Solark EMP hardened solar generator energy insurance for your family or business. Call Portable Solar LLC today. How confident are you in your food storage? If it was all you had to rely on, would it sustain your family? Hard times, good times, or any time, Numana Storable Food is the proven superior choice. Learn for yourself what happened when one man ate only Numana Storable Food for an entire month. Online at PowerPrepper.com. That's PowerPrepper.com. Experience the Numana difference. America-made food storage. I love to eat. Yum! Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, Derek, mm-hmm. you're going to be making this big trip from Ohio to yeah. Las Vegas for CES. We no longer call it Consumer Electronics Show? We do not. Uh, I still think of it in my mind as the Consumer Electronics Show, but the Consumer Electronics Agency is very, very insistent. It is just the CES, that it doesn't stand for anything anymore. Okay, it is what it is. It's CES, massive, massive tech show out in Las Vegas. It's pretty much the only thing that can happen in Las Vegas during that week because it is so huge. They used to have the adult entertainment convention concurrently the same week. And then CES got too big. And so they had to say, you have to do a different week. Well, there you go. That goes among several exhibit floors, right? It takes up the entire Las Vegas Convention Center, which, if I remember correctly, is about 3 million square feet. It would cross three different halls. One of the halls is even two floors. It takes up the entire convention space over at the Mandalay Bay, which is also massive and also all the convention space attached to the Venetian Palazzo, which is, uh, I think it's another 2 million square feet. We are taking a team of about a dozen, and we're still not going to be able to cover everything. Now, is this a show more for industry or consumers? It's mostly for industry. Uh, Unfortunately, it's not open to consumers. I would love for it to be because there's just so much cool stuff that I like being able to have my job be to show this to everybody. And I know that even if it was open to the public, not everybody could go to Vegas in early January to go see what's going on. But big shows like uh, the IFA show out in Germany every year, that one's actually open to the public. It's press and industry for the first day or two, but then it's open to the public and anybody can get a ticket and come in and check out all the cool stuff that's happening. And that's the closest analog to a CES, but it's just... For whatever reason, CES is closed to the public, and it's all journalists and industry 
And it's a lot of both. I assume you're being inundated with advanced releases about stuff. A lot. There's a lot coming from the bigger companies. Uh, obviously, I can't talk about specifically about when any of that stuff might be, but also a lot coming from smaller companies. While the likes of Samsung and LG and Sony are all setting up shop, the vast majority of CES is a whole bunch of smaller vendors. A lot, a lot of them are established, and they've been around for a while, but you know, they just make smaller stuff that you might find on Amazon when you're looking for something very specific. And a lot of them, it's like this is their first CES, and they have a breakout product, or what they hope will be a breakout product. And they're desperately trying to get through and cut through all the noise. All right. Apple never goes. Nope. Is Microsoft coming anymore? They stopped going two or three years ago. They, they always have a presence still, but like they aren't setting up a big booth on the show floor. Uh, a lot of these companies have learned that for the stuff that they really want to make a splash with, they need to do their own separate events. So Samsung isn't going to announce any new Galaxy phones there. Apple's not going to be there for a new iPhone. Microsoft's not going to show off any new Surface stuff. When LG unveils the G6, it'll be at their own separate event somewhere. If you have now, TVs and washing machines, ho, 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 CES is where to go. Well, it looks like 4K TV is coming into its own. So it I really assume is. we'll see a lot of new models. Yes. There was a lot of that last year, and there'll be even more of it this year. I expect that LG is going to be coming in with more bigger and even thinner OLED TVs. Samsung's going to have the curviest TVs in town. Uh, Sony will have, it's always hard to predict what Sony's going to have, but definitely some TVs, cameras, uh, connected home stuff. VR is also probably going to be very big this year. VR. Mm -hmm. All right. Virtual reality. Yes. Is this like putting the big goggles on my eyes and playing the game and I'm immersed in the game and become part of it? Yes, uh, to a point. I, the game isn't the only thing that you can do with it. There's a lot of VR 360-degree video that's becoming uh, a reality. People are figuring out how to use these new tools, and that's really what VR is right now. It's a very new tool that we're all still figuring out what we can actually do with. It's like when the iPad first came out. And if you remember the announcement for the iPad. It was literally Steve Jobs sitting in a chair on stage with an iPod, pecking away at it, showing here are some things that you can do with it. And what it actually turned into was a different device software-wise and the apps and the way that people use it than what Apple had initially envisioned. And I think VR is going to turn out to be that way too. There's definitely the gaming aspect because that's, that's sort of the easiest way to conceptualize what you can do with it and what you can build off of that. And gaming, it helps drive early adoption in a way because that gamers are willing to spend money on that stuff. They will go out and buy the fastest monitor and the most powerful graphics card. And they're the early adopters of stuff like the HTC Vive and the Oculus Rift because they're also expensive right now. And, and Oculus Rift is $600 or $700. If you want to get the HTC Vive, it's an $800 because it has all this additional stuff with it to do hand tracking. But eventually the stuff is going to come down in price, 300 400 maybe even $200. And then it will become a lot more accessible and use cases will dramatically expand. Well, that sounds like fun eventually. I assume Some, here those goggles will get smaller and smaller and they'll be to, like regular eyeglasses eventually, right? To a point, uh, the problem is with like the way that the human eye works is there's we have a minimum focusing distance uh, that 
you have to have that screen has to be so far away, even with the lenses that they put in them for your eyes to be able to focus on it. Uh, if you remember the Google Glass, they had the, that little screen that was in front of your face, but it, that was just a refraction lens. And the projector screen itself was actually back along the temple of the device so that it could get the proper distance into your eyeballs. AR, augmented reality, is going to be a big thing going forward, though, and that's you know taking VR and being able to generate things in a 3D space, but overlaying that in your environment, either through a camera or, as with Microsoft's HoloLens, through a transparent lens that you're looking at, and it adds virtual, virtual objects to your real environment. But these are personal experiences. You have to they wear are. the thing. It's not something that you can share with a group. Not, not easily. There is uh, a one app that's sort of a social thing for uh, the HTC Vive, and I think it might exist for the Oculus Rift. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But it allows you to have uh, essentially a virtual social experience so you can connect with other people across the Internet and do things like have karaoke and have it be broadcast into other people's heads. But right now it is kind of an isolating experience for most people. You put on a headset... And you put on your headphones, and you're in you're in another place, be it in a game or in a video, or in a, one of the most unique things is I've seen with the HTC Vive. They generated an app with Google that actually lets you paint in 3D. You take the controller, and you can pick your materials and your colors, and actually create 3D sculptures in this virtual reality, and you can walk around it and move through it and it's really unique creative opportunities that i'm sure when that they were first generating this thing they hadn't even envisioned that this would be a possibility well i can't wait yes i can wait i like a shared experience not a solitary experience but that's just me and eventually we'll be able to have things that way yeah i I might get lost into my virtual reality i don't want to be tron Remember? That's fair. Right. Yeah, Fine. And right now, the, the biggest issue, I think, with virtual reality is that a quality virtual, virtual reality experience. So say you get the, the best virtual reality headset right now, I would say, is the HTC Vive because it has the ability to track you. You can move about in a room. So you have a, a room, I think it can handle up to a 15-foot 15 15 square. So you can actually move around, and it will move you in that space. And it has hand trackers that you can hold, and it puts your hands in that environment. So you can interact with things versus just being in there or holding like an Xbox-style controller, gaming, that sort of way. We're going to continue with this and more with Derek Kessler, and he's associated with Mobile Nations. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. 
It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. The following is an incredible, life-changing, free offer for anyone with hearing problems who wants to start hearing more clearly again. We're now offering free in-home trials of a revolutionary hearing breakthrough called Listen Clear to anyone who calls this special toll-free number now, 1-800-719-4926. Call now and you'll also qualify for free shipping. Listen Clear is precisely designed by top audio engineers. It adjusts to let you find the perfect way to hear things crisply and clearly, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. And Listen Clear is so small and discreet, people usually don't even notice you're wearing it. And it's so lightweight, you may even forget you're wearing it too. Don't miss this special life-changing opportunity to hear things more clearly again for free with a 100% free in-home trial and free shipping. If you like it, you could even get free batteries for life. For free information, call now. 1-800-719-4926. That's 1-800-719-4926. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Will the government protect your family from Iran and North Korea's newest weapon, EMP? We buy guns to protect ourselves. Home, health, and car insurance for accidents. Maybe you also have food storage. But how would you keep your refrigerator running in a long-term EMP blackout? Using tested military designs, the Solark EMP-hardened solar generator protects and powers your critical appliances for years without burying items underground or wrapping them in aluminum foil. Unlike other preps, Solark is used every day to help offset your electric bill automatically. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to learn how easily expandable the system is. Solark is the most affordable and powerful solution on the market. The whole system even fits in the back of a pickup or SUV and can install in less than an hour. See for yourself why Solark beats other off-grid systems at PortableSolarLLC.com. Don't wait for the government. Go to PortableSolarLLC.com to learn why Solark is energy insurance for your family. And now, three recent financial memories. Remember the market drops of 02, the financial crisis of 08, the flash crash of 2010. It's not if, but when. What do you have in place to protect your profits? OnTheMarkMoney.com introduces WealthGuard, a complete portfolio monitoring system that sends out direct alerts when your accounts hit a targeted downside value, and it works with all your retirement accounts, even 401k. Learn how to get WealthGuard free. Go to OnTheMarkMoney.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. 
If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Virtual reality. I don't think it's for me yet, but I expect this has obviously got a lot of potential, so we'll see what it happens. Yeah. All right. Now, back to 4K TVs. You don't yes. cover TV that much, do you? Not particularly, but I'm, I personally am very interested in it. I have a, I picked up one of the LG OLED TVs earlier this year. Uh, it's big 4K, super thin, has really bright, rich colors. Cost and, an arm, a leg, and a foot. Oh, it did, but it was so worth it because it is absolutely gorgeous. It's the best picture I've ever seen on TV. The only place I can get 4K content is through the new 4K Blu-rays or through streaming stuff. And it comes in super crisp, but there's still that compression happening and stuff. So it's still the, the technology is there, but it's still early days for 4K content. Does this set have HDR support? It does. And it's phenomenal. I thought the picture was really great when I just like had it hooked up to my cable. And then I watched something streaming off of uh, Amazon in 4K. I was watching Man in the High Castle. And it was so bright, and but also able to be so dark and still have all that detail in it that a standard sRGB color gamut couldn't manage. Now, what size screen is this? 65. 65. No wonder. Oh, yeah. That explains it's a lot. <laughs> right. You see, that's part of the issue with 4K. If you get a screen smaller than 50 or 55 inches you got to be fairly close to see the resolution difference. HDR, yeah. on the other hand, if it supports it, is noticeable. The problem is, of course, that a lot of the mid-priced and cheaper TVs don't have HDR. I mentioned right. before that the M-Series, which is kind of a medium-price TV set from Vizio, they do support HDR. So that's kind of a sweet spot. But I saw a big-screen HDR TV at Walmart today. I think it was 65 inches for like seven ninety nine. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It's really come down a lot in price. I, the top end ones will still be that much better, but there's always that sort of diminishing returns point where once you're getting above a certain price per size for resolution, that, yeah, you can go for the topest end one. Like LG makes an OLED TV that is 75 inches, if I remember correctly. I've seen one. Uh, they had it on display at CES 2016, and it was absolutely gorgeous and i wanted it so bad but it was twenty thousand dollars like you've passed the point where you can justify the diminishing returns in that that's just a showpiece now for lg and a lot of these tvs the bigger expensive ones are that they are higher profit but also they're 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 not the sort of tv that the general public is going to buy and the real meat and potatoes on that isn't that $800, 65 inch 4K TV that you see on the wall at Walmart and go, there's no way that price can be right, but I want it. Well, the thing to also bear in mind is that prices of new technology come down, not so much with OLED, because Mm -hmm. I still think they have yield problems with the higher size OLED panels. But remember, the first high definition TVs were $15,000. And they weren't that large a screen. They were physically huge and beasts of a tv you know the, the first uh, plasma is like oh that tv looks that looks great how much does it weigh oh my goodness it's 120 pounds uh, and now 
know, I have a 65-inch TV on my wall that I could pick up with both hands. I didn't want to because it was kind of unwieldy big. But the, the price and weight has come down so much on this stuff through just the magic of technology. It's absolutely incredible. So we have to see where OLED goes. Of course, there's a published report that Apple is considering an OLED screen for the next iPhone, or at least one mm-hmm. model. Do we know any more about that? That's been a rumor going around for a while, that there will be an iPhone 8 or something, or a 7S, and will have a wraparound screen OLED. Any uh, authenticity to that? I can't say whether there is or not, because Apple, they'll have the things that leak out of the factories once once production actually starts on the new phone. But right now, we're so far in advance of when that's actually going to start that they're still probably figuring out exactly what this phone is going to be. You know, they're not going to unveil it for another nine or 10 months. And Apple famously is designing and engineering up until the very moment that production starts. I wouldn't be surprised if OLED makes it in. They, they sort of did a test. The Apple Watch has OLED displays, and they're pretty good. But producing OLED at the volume that they would need for an iPhone and at the quality that Apple demands, uh, because OLED displays have gotten a lot better in recent years on mobile. But for a long time, like when the first Samsungs came out with OLED displays, like, yes, it's this very cool new technology, and the blacks are very dark, and the whites are very bright, but the saturation is just so saturated that everything looks unnaturally colorful. You're looking at this apple, and it's like, that is the reddest apple I have ever seen. It's redder than any apple in reality, because they had trouble fine-tuning that. And that just almost became Samsung's trademark now, is that the screens are super colorful. And the photos you take look hyper-real to the point where you don't need to edit them to put them on Instagram. It's exactly what you want it to look like on Instagram. But being hyper-real is not real. It is I not think real. that also separates Apple. I think Apple tries for more reality. So text on an Apple device is smoothed. Mm-hmm. And I guess they feel if it doesn't have the sharp corners so much, it's easier on the eyes. And there may be some scientific validity to that. I have no idea. Let's just look at more stuff here, more in our area and away from sure. TVs, which is not really his area of coverage. Now, when it comes to smartphones, though, Yes. What else can they add to it other than, you know, taking out the wash at this point? Because you add the OLED screen, you have bells and whistles Apple has with their camera and everything, and there'll be other variations. Obviously, when it comes to the voice assistant, that's something that can be in any device. It's not specific to a smartphone. So what do you do that's different? Honestly, I don't know. They could make the the iPhone actually waterproof, since right now it's just water-resistant. Uh, We had uh, one of my colleagues, they were being uh, a little cavalier with the water resistance about the phones, and one of them got ruined by getting too wet. It's supposed to be able to survive, say, a brief dunk or a splash, but it's not meant to go swimming with. Uh, Whereas, like, a Galaxy S7, you can take it and throw in a glass of water and pull it out 10 minutes later, and you know it will be okay, because it's actually waterproof. Except for Um, Consumer Reports magazine tested the edge and it failed. Ah, no. And that's part of that acceptable failures of that that can happen. Uh, and unless you have you go out and buy a hundred devices and test them all uh, to see what happens, you may just have that one that did. Uh, I've taken my Galaxy S7 and dunked it into water several times just to demonstrate to people, and they always freak out. But it's come out fine every time. I haven't been willing to do that with my iPhone because it's not rated as highly for its water resistance. 
apart from that, I honestly don't know, aside from making it faster and giving it longer battery life and a better camera and a higher resolution screen. We're reached that point where the next iPhone is going to be the 10th iPhone or the 10th anniversary of the iPhone. We've been at this for 10 years just with the iPhone, and we had almost 10 years of Palm and BlackBerry smartphones and a whole bunch of Windows mobile phones before that. Let's break it here and continue. This is the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. This is Ben Gordon, and if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, Power Swabs is the answer. In five minutes, you'll see two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. There's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes, and you're done. To try Power Swabs, call 1-800-290-8480. Your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free. 1-800-290-8480. That's 1-800-290-8480. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich, working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com.
Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507-800-478-1507-800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Derek Kessler joining us, and we're speculating here what more could they add to a smartphone? And we're coming up kind of short. We'll have to leave it to the brilliance of the engineers at Apple and Samsung and other companies or Google and see what they come up with. What about smartwatches? And, of course, we have the failure of Pebble. Right. So Fitbit buys off the pieces and a lot of people are out of work, which is always unfortunate. And you think, or at least I did, that it's a cheap alternative. It works on both iOS and Android. It doesn't do all the things that maybe the more expensive stuff like a Galaxy Gear or an Apple Watch does. But for most people, it should be adequate. What happened? Well, Pebble never really caught on outside of that sort of niche techie type market. I I know a couple people who own Pebble watches and actually two of them who own the Pebble 2. And they like them a lot, but they were like Pebble fans. I have a Moto 360, the second generation one, and a first generation Apple Watch. And anytime that I wear either of them, I use it almost exclusively just for notifications on my wrist. There is so much more that these devices can do, but I've yet to find a really truly compelling use case beyond notifications and step tracking. And I think that's the bigger problem that we're running into with smartwatches overall is that nobody really looks at them in the way that you can look at an you know, if you don't if you don't have a smartphone yet, you can look at a smartphone and see everything it can do and how much better it does it than your flip phone, and go, I need that. That is going to make my life so much better. I'm not going to have to carry around this pocket camera because the one that's built into the phone is somehow even better. It's got great internet access. I could, screw it, I'm leaving my laptop at home, and it can replace all this stuff. A smartwatch is just like an extension of that. And its actual usefulness is, you know, it's a factor of, what you think you can get out of it. And I thought I was going to be able to get a lot more out of them, but I've left both of them at home the past week when I've been leaving the house and it's not, I've not been upset at all about it. And I think that's part of what's happened with the broader smartwatch market is people got them because they think they're cool and it's the next big thing in tech. And it turns out I didn't actually need that at all. That's the problem. Now, other people find it more useful for fitness, but whatever it is, it's not indispensable. There are other alternatives. 
Mm-hmm. You know, no, even you can something get on your wrist or something that would like a Fitbit, which just right. to check your fitness tracking, that kind of thing. The, the nicer Fitbits can even give you notifications and a way exactly like an Apple Watch or an Android Wear watch can. And yet those Fitbits, they get five, six, seven, seven days of battery life versus, you know, an Apple Watch or a Moto 360 where you have to charge it, if you're lucky, every other day. But usually if you're really using it every night, you have to charge the thing. That is a limitation. At least the Pebble would last a few days. Right. Okay. Now, I'm thinking here in terms of smartwatches, when and if they get the LTE capability built in, in a way that still has good battery life and works flexibly, maybe then it will have more purpose. Because right now, it's an accessory to your smartphone. Mm Mm-hmm. It has to be tethered to it. Now, Apple, by adding GPS for the Apple Watch Series 2, that helps somewhat. It helps free it from your iPhone. Right. But unless you can use it completely without a smartphone, except when you need a larger display, I don't think it's going to come into its own. That is a, a, a valid point. But I'm also still wondering, even once it has that, if it would be worth it. Because now I have to pay for a separate data plan for my watch. And say I decide I'm going to go out for a run and I'm going to wear my Apple Watch with LTE out with me, leave the iPhone at home, and it's going to do, it'll do what it does. uh, But it's going to be like, okay, I'm going to get a notification on my wrist. It's like, oh, I need to check that out on this website. Well, I can't because there's no Safari on my wrist. Or if there is a browser on my wrist, it's going to be this tiny little terrible thing. And a lot of the interactions are going to have to be through voice. Until voice transcription really, you know, it's really good now, but it's still to the point where it seems like maybe one out of five times that I use it or somebody uses it with me, I'm reading the message going, that's not what that's supposed to say. What did you actually mean by that? Because these words don't make sense. And AI is going to help a lot with that and having that stuff baked into these things. But we're still very much in the early days of that. I hate to be down on smartwatches. I love them. And I, I think that the Moto 360 is, and the Apple Watch are beautiful pieces of technology, but they're not terribly useful for me right now. As I mentioned to our other guests and people who read the com website, my watch is a $12.88 watch from Walmart. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's a calendar watch. But of course, sure. it doesn't know the difference between 31-day months and 30-day months in February. So you have to manually adjust it at the beginning of the month sometimes. Other than that, big deal. It keeps. It tells per- the time. It tells it- the time. It doesn't do more than gain a second or two every month. So after a while, you have to kind of let it settle down. And that's it. That's all I need. Yes, it, it does exactly what you want it to do. And I'm going to guess the battery life is in years. It's a little over a year for the first battery, but Walmart will install the battery for you for something like 560 or 575 It's not like going to a jewelry store and paying $15. So it's worth mm-hmm. getting one battery replacement, and when you're ready for the second, you buy a whole new watch. Yeah, and that new watch will tell time just as well. I have a drawer full of watches like that. Some of them are $20 watches. I have uh, one Citizen that's actually solar-powered. Never have to put a battery in it ever. Uh, and I've got you know a nicer Scoggin watch that was a little bit more expensive, but it's still nowhere near as expensive as these smartwatches. And honestly, I think it looks better, and it tells time. And I kind of miss wearing that watch, actually, in a way that 
I don't miss having to charge my Android watch every day to make sure that it works the next day. Well, obviously, Apple's in for the long haul. They're not going to just release two versions and disappear. No. They're going to expect it to come into its own as more components are out there that free it from reliance on an accessory device. Mm -hmm. But what about tablets? Now, tablets seem to start out okay, but it's true for all the models. The sales haven't accelerated for a few years. Is it that that also reaches kind of a limited market that a lot of people still need something about a traditional PC? I think the market is limited in some aspects. Uh, it's also more like the PC market than the phone market. We expected it to be more like the phone market because these tablets are essentially big phones without cellular radios in them. But the way that people use them and the way that they think about upgrading them they've ended up looking at them more as computers. My mother has a, an iPad mini, and it's replaced her MacBook to the point where she uses it once every couple of months, the, the MacBook. And she uses the iPad for most of her day-to-day -day computing needs because she has to check her email, browse Facebook, check, check a couple of websites. Nothing, nothing that an iPad can't do any worse than a MacBook could. And she's had the same iPad for a couple of years and sees no need to replace it because the new ones, they do exactly the same thing. They may have a slightly better screen or get better battery life, but for the most part, it's no different. And these, especially with the Android tablets and the iPads, people are treating them and upgrading them like computers, which means it's every couple of years, if not several years, until it finally breaks down and you go, okay, it's time, I need a new iPad versus phones where we've been sort of trained and indoctrinated from the old days of the two-year carrier subsidized agreement that every two years you get a new phone. So what can they do that's new and different in iPads or Samsung tablets? I don't know. Apple came up with the wider color gamut on the 9.7-inch iPad Pro. They came yeah. up with a smart connector to make it easier to fabricate a keyboard on it but i still think it's an awkward mix and i'm it not is. at all happy using a keyboard on a tablet and frankly this kind of show i can't do on an ipad because some of the software we need is not available in any form on ios or even android we've got more to right. come with Derek kessler i'm gene steinberg you're in the tech night out live for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Is there a stock market bubble in the making? You need an early warning system for your investments because you work too hard to be surprised by your money. Now, guarding your wealth has never been easier. Introducing WealthGuard from OnTheMarkMoney.com, an early warning system that tracks all your accounts. WealthGuard lets you know in advance if your accounts are dropping. It works for all accounts, whether you work with us or not. Get WealthGuard today, 100% free. Go to OnTheMarkMoney.com. That's OnTheMarkMoney.com. Don't know what contaminants are lurking in your water? Time to get a ProPure. Take advantage of ProPure's holiday sale. Save 25% on all ProPure water filter products. Sales good through December 31st. There's a ProPure water filter for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Paid non attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention, Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24 7. Call 800 261 That's 800 261 Hi, this is Sophie Winnick, longtime distributor and user of Longevity products. In the last few years, my family went through a crisis. Everything else in my life, including my business, had to be put on the back burner. Thankfully, life is getting back to normal now. But the one thing I never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission. I've been a distributor for Longevity for over 17 years, since before it was Longevity. And I've got to say, the most amazing thing about this company is the people. While my family was in crisis, other distributors stepped in and helped my customers Customers, simply because that's what longevity people do, even for people they don't know. For me, it has never been about getting rich. It was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have longevity. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Okay, so we were looking at 
the use cases for smartwatches such as the Apple Watch, Galaxy Gear, etc. We're looking at tablets that maybe I don't know. Now we have this political argument in terms of touchscreens between Apple and I guess the PC industry. Right. Where Apple feels that in the traditional notebook sense where you have the screen pointed upward and you have the keyboard that the act of touching the screen is awkward. So their solution is the touch bar. Yeah. To me, I kind of agree with them on a larger screen because when I try to touch the screen, my shoulder hurts a little bit if I do it repeatedly. Uh, yeah, I can see that. You know, I had a, a Spectre H360, the HP tablet. Actually, it's an HP laptop that's convertible. So it can turn into a tablet for uh, about a year that I used because I had an older MacBook and the battery was giving out and it I was waiting for the new MacBooks to come out before I bought that. So I had this HP to hold me over in the meantime. The only time I ever used the touchscreen was when I turned it into a tablet on an airplane for a takeoff and landing so I could keep working. All the rest of the time, I just forget that there was a touchscreen there because I'm doing keyboard and my thumbs are right there over top of the trackpad anyway to do all the mousing needs that I need without having to pick my hand up, reach for the screen, poke it, and bring it back down. The thing that makes the big difference, though, is that Microsoft with Windows 8 completely revamped Windows so that it would be touch-friendly and it could work for this stuff, whereas Apple has done purposely done nothing to make Mac OS friendly. There was a period of time where I thought I really wanted touch in a MacBook until I actually had this touch PC laptop and realized I'm never using this touch part. I have the new MacBook, and I've been using it for a couple of weeks now. Uh, the touch bar hasn't grown on me, but it's also not irritating me any. But I feel like it may be like the iPad right now in that it's Apple has made this thing and put it out there, and we're going to have to see what third-party developers are actually able to do with it to make it truly useful. Well, supposedly with the Photoshop update for touch bar, that looks very promising. Final Cut Pro 10, but if you're not using either, it doesn't matter. Microsoft has an update coming. I don't think it's out yet. It might be. And I don't know what really you can do that's so important. I think where it works is where you have something that is really buried deep in the menus that does a lot of stuff, Mm -hmm. a lot of powerful stuff. Or you can simply adjust something back and forth. I think in those areas it works. But as you say, it's up to developers to use their ingenuity. Apple has opened the platform and you have to put something in it. But that also raises the other question. Other than that, the only change in the new MacBook Pros is that's slimmer and lighter. We can argue about all the rest, about consumer reports and the strange battery results they get, which no one else seems to be able to duplicate. But that's not the issue. The issue is, what do you do next with a desktop computer and a notebook, other than making them faster? That's been what the PC industry, if we lump Apple in as it's a personal computer, has been doing for essentially the past decade. We're taking what we're making and making it faster and slimmer and lighter and longer lasting and on occasion upping the screen quality. And they made the jump to retina screens three or four years ago. And the new one has the same resolution. It's a better quality, but it's the same resolution. We're reaching a point where it's just They are refining and engineering the laptop and the PC. Of all companies, it's Microsoft that is actually driving innovation in this. They did it with the Surface line. Surface Book hasn't really driven much in the way of innovation, but it's an innovative device in and of itself. And now the Surface Studio is an incredibly innovative device iterating on a really unique idea 
that, you know, as soon as I saw the Surface Studio and I'm watching this happen, I'm saying, I want that. I don't need it, but I want that because that is so cool. It looks really nice, but it's a very specialized kind of product. It really is. I got to play with one at a Microsoft store for a little bit, and it's very... The, the applications for it, the app usage applications, are very powerful. If you are an artist or a designer and the sort of person that goes, I would love to have touch input on a big screen that I could put down on my desk without paying an arm and a leg to get a Wacom tablet, then yes, that is a great PC. For the average person, if you're sitting there just doing word processing, email and browsing the web and checking Facebook and watching videos on YouTube, you don't need that computer at all. Or the 12.9-inch iPad Pro with the Apple Pencil doesn't do it for you. Right. And that's more and more specialized than ever. Yeah. But, and we're and it's also very happen. expensive. It is. We are seeing a lot of specialization happen. You know, Apple used to have their very defined quadrant of products. They'd have desktops and laptops, consumer and professional. It's sort of gotten a little amorphous over time with the addition of the iPads and iPhones and the iPad line has really diversified a lot and then shrunk back down and diversified again. And being able to build in these specialized use cases with things like the iPad Pro and the Surface Studio, they are these flagship products, but they're not flagship in the way that an iPhone or a Samsung Galaxy S is in the way that those are going to sell so much versus an iPad Pro or Surface Studio or Surface Book. They're flagship showcase products. They'll sell in decent quantity, but they're not profit centers. It's kind of like the Mac Pro, except that Apple hasn't updated the Mac Pro in three years. That makes me so sad. Right. And I still think it has its value. And I think it would have been fairly cheap for Apple to just put faster Xeons and faster solid state drives and faster graphics because they are available. Mm -hmm. But still... I guess we'll see what happens in 2017. But that's also an issue when it comes to desktop and notebook computers. Intel's improvements tend to be more in terms of power efficiency rather than pure CPU horsepower. Right. So you look at the spec differences and then you look at the benchmarks year over year and it's always oh, a few percent faster. All right. So if it's a few percent faster, I'll wait five or 10 years before I buy a new one because who cares? Then it'll be a substantial upgrade. Exactly. Uh but in the meantime, the battery life has improved by a, an order of magnitude. And we've seen that with my old MacBook to my new MacBook, that the battery life is substantially better, even though the new MacBook actually has a smaller battery in it because the new Intel processors, at this point, three or four generations removed, are that much more power efficient in a way that the old ones were not. Uh, and I think efficiency, honestly, is the biggest engineering point of where innovation can happen anymore in these devices. It's fully capable. It can do anything that you throw at it, except apparently nothing still can play Crisis. But it can handle everything you can ask of it, except for make it through a day on a, t a charge. And so we need to figure out, you've got these incremental improvements in power efficiency for processors, and we're getting incremental improvements in power density for batteries. But until we figure out some sort of sea change moment in either one of these technologies, it's just going to be iterative improvements the entire time. Derek Kessler, please tell our listeners if they want to know more of the things you do, where do they get a hold of you? You can check me out on all of the Mobile Nation sites. That'd be androidcentral.com, imore.com, and windowscentral.com, and our newest site, vrheads.com, for the budding VR enthusiast and everybody. And you can also follow me on Twitter. I am Derek A. Kessler. That is D-E-R-E-K. 
A-K-E-S-S-L-E-R. You can find us on Twitter also. Look for Tech Night Owl. Also, we have another radio show. It's called The Paracast, and you go to paracast.com to check it out. But here's the kicker this week. We've got somebody there called Sean Correa, who's responsible for a movement called Anonymous Uprising, and they're trying to raise a million dollars to set up ways to contact E.T. Ooh. That's on the Paracast at Paracast.com, one of the top 10 streaming shows on the GCN network. We also have a second feature of this show that we call Tech Night Owl Plus. To find out more of how it works, you go to plus, P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com. That's plus dot technightowl.com. And what we give you is the commercial free version of this show. The ones the advertisers don't pay for, you pay a little bit. The prices start at just $1.49 per week. It's a little better per month, $4.99 a month. We've got plans for the year, for five years and longer. To learn more about Tech Night Out Plus, go to plus, P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com. Special thank you to Derek Kessler. Thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. It's been my pleasure. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.